Hello, I'm Rebecca, the founder of Trio, and welcome to Pep Talks with Trio. Trio is the leading solution for workplaces to support their people during every life transition, from starting a family to retiring, and every life event in between. On Pep Talks with Trio, we chat to our expert partners for advice on how to best navigate these common, complex, and often messy life stages that happen during our working career. Keep listening as we connect the dots between life and work with the simple aim of education and empowerment. After all, life happens at work. Today on Pep Talks with Trio, we're speaking with Sarah Harkness, CEO of Cattle Dog Digital, and we'll be discussing removing the challenge of harassment in the workplace through values-based leadership. Great to have you with us, Sarah. Please can you tell us a bit about yourself and the work you do at Cattle Dog Digital? Absolutely. Yes. So thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm very excited to be here. Um, yeah, so I am newly appointed CEO and uh, was the CRO for the organisation and a co-founder with my husband, Luke, and our CTO, Naz Uddin. Uh, we do RevOps as a service and uh, we are really out there ending digital dysfunction <laughs> for organisations around the world. Uh, but we established an organisation based on um, a core set of values we called uh, this initially Project Pedigree. And as part of Project Pedigree, um, Luke really wanted to help create a platform within the success of and off the back of the success of our organisation for me to lean into um, what we now call Project Lotus, which is essentially um, a core set of values, our 10 commandments, if you will, as a business that we live by. And I love, because when we spoke, you know, it's like we hire and we fire to this. There's sort of non-negotiable values um, that you have within your organisation and it is fundamental and really important to you. Um, can we talk about, and I this is obviously, you know, coming into a personal story, moving, you know, obviously within a workplace environment, but mm-hmm. it is something that I think we need to um, talk about. And mm-hmm. we, it's amazing to have you as a brave individual that comes on with your story. And, you know, I'm grateful that we are able to give you a voice on this. Thank you. Can you talk to us about your experience with harassment at work? Absolutely. And look, you know, a big part of why Project Lotus was established within our organisation was because, unfortunately, I, like one in three of us uh, women at work, uh, experienced uh, a horrendous um, time in my career and not just within one workplace, but uh, over the course of a number of workplaces. So certainly throughout my career, uh, it was you know, being a female in tech, I won't lie, um, you had to learn to what we what we can now refer to as rolling with the, the big dogs. And in order to participate in that environment, there was a certain expectation of you, I think, to um, almost in some cases, and in fact, in my experience, there was a, a very distinct um, manipulation to create this, um, sacrifice your values in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, we as a business, as an organisation, as a, a team, as um, you know, a, a partnership with 
with my husband, we wanted to create a company that was the total opposite of that, that promoted uh, inclusiveness, equality, diversity of thought, um, an element of servant leadership. And I'm really big on that um, because that experience had uh, an incredible impact on our lives uh, to the point of, you know, quite significant health issues over a number of years. Um, it's affected my uh, financial uh, ability, you know, over the over the years. It's taken me uh, quite almost um, almost a decade to really um, even find a place to uh, even reconcile these moments with yourself. And I think as someone who has experienced horrendous um, abuse at work, I I'm I don't want that to happen to anybody else. And I'm incredibly passionate about making sure that there are ways for women um, who might be feeling like their human rights are being abused or that their values are being potentially sacrificed or that they're being asked to do things that they weren't comfortable with or they're being um, manipulated to question themselves, like just anything that really puts somebody in a, a place of of discomfort that is not in their best interest and without their permission is not okay in my book. Um, and those are because of the impacts that those moments in my life where I was in that position, um, I can speak directly to the, to the impact that it had on me, you know, to the point of not being able to walk down particular streets in Sydney or, uh, you know, the, the thought of ever, ever ever even walking past particular areas or you know you know uh drinking culture at work you know just things that we really as humans I think um owe it to each other to be better in how we treat each other and in the workplace I think it's even more imperative where we have a responsibility as leaders uh to ensure the safety of our employees and um it's, it's now just a non-negotiable for me. It's a not on my watch and I'll intervene and I'll say something and we've promoted a culture in our company where um, the organisation is self-governing. So if they see something, they truly say something because it is that embedded. Um, we have to the point of turning down deals mm-hmm. and saying no to opportunities uh, because it doesn't align to the values, this is how much of a core it is to us because it is the very thing that systemically needed to change in order for us to actually create a safe place for our people to work. <laughs> yeah. Because what really stri- st- strikes me there is when you talk about the self-governance, um, you have to have psychological safety to be a, a self-governing organisation, right? Right. Um how how are you is, is that through do you think you've created that because you're so transparent with project lotus you know i how, think so i think actually uh, the word is probably more vulnerable so in being authentic and being vulnerable um and it wasn't easy don't don't get me wrong like it didn't just come up overnight and um every single time you face yourself or your experience or your life or the things or your traumas um, in your life, um, 
it forces you to be vulnerable and it's incredibly uncomfortable. I, I, incredibly uncomfortable. Physiologically, I've, I've done a lot, of, um, a lot of work in the last three years because I had been so unwell. And, and just for, for context, I've probably spent almost, I think we added it up that uh, in total in the last three years, I've spent a year in hospital. So in total. Wow. Um, I've had 25 surgeries, three of them on the brain. <laughs> um, I have had an ileostomy bag turned now no large bowel. Like the physiological impact that um, that has happened in my body because of, I, I believe it's because of unresolved trauma. Now there's no necessarily no medical evidence to suggest that but it, there's a correlation I wasn't sick prior and I just after my third baby got very very unwell and I think um that fight or flight that adrenal cortisol mm-hmm. the impact that this stuff has on humans um longevity is um actually quite real yeah. so you know we're not talking about things that um we're not just talking about surface level things where, you know, in my particular situation, it was quite severe and the abuse was systemic and it happened over a long period of time. It was somebody that I knew from a previous workplace as well, but had never um, experienced uh, the behavior that I experienced or, or, you know, I was basically just rendered totally, um, uh, disabled I could not speak for myself I could not think for myself I became this just um subhuman and I I can't um I can't even reconcile to this day how how disabling that is as a human to you know particularly someone that you know genuine most situations is fairly articulate and you know actually quite a go-getter and you know that and you and has a lot of light to them I think that that's probably what attracts people to us is our vulnerability so the very thing (laughs) the very thing that we um we need to demonstrate and provide and what we've created at Cattle Dog, vulnerability, a place where it is okay to be vulnerable and it is a safe place to be vulnerable, um, is the very thing that got me into trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, and know, the thing that gets taken away, that light. Correct. And then for a long time it did. I ended up um, totally abandoning my life uh, for about six months. I hid out um, with my family in South Australia and um and literally rebuilt myself from scratch like I just kind of it was like a master reset I was like okay um I I was suicidal I became suicidal um you know there's a there's a lot a lot that I went through to get to here and it I just don't want anybody to have to take as long as it's taken me and 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 the bravery and grit and determination it's not something I think I was born with it's kind of almost like I feel like I've really had no choice because I have a daughter Mm. and because my husband is so incredibly supportive he's just like no you get in there and you 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 choose what you do with this story um and that's certainly been modeled by the likes of others ahead of us trailblazers like Brittany and Grace Tame who have you know been really brave I, I kind of felt, okay, 
if they can be brave, I can be brave. I have to be brave because I have to be brave for you, Gracie. My daughter's name is Gracie. And uh, and actually when I found out we were having a girl because of what had happened to me, I grieved. It was Christmas Eve. I cried for three days straight because I was like, I can't bring up a girl in this world. This is not okay. What am I going to – like I genuinely panicked. Whereas when I found out I was having my boys, I was like, no dramas, you know, and, and I felt like that, even just that, that grief as a mother to – just go, I know what you're going to have to suffer through. Yeah. I, I, it's not acceptable. Not a, it's not a society that doesn't make sense to me. No. <laughs> no, and any dad with daughters, I think, feels genuine for the most part. I've not met many men that don't identify with the fact that they want a better world for their daughters. Um, but there is still definitely a... Um, an automatic conditioning that exists and a, and a I think a, a just a generalised worldview, particularly in tech, it was systemic in tech. Like I, I, I saw the Wolf of Wall Street and I'm like, that pretty much felt like 2008 at Salesforce for me. Like, you know, it's just that's kind of how it was, um, you know, cocktail hour on a Thursday at four o'clock like it's just okay but that promote what kind of situations does that promote and I went to a tech conference about two months ago three months ago in San Francisco and um, I met a young woman in the bathroom I never met her before but she was like an SDR so she was and uh, and she was hiding in the bathroom crying because her boss and her CEO had uh, sidled up to her that night. She was staying in an Airbnb um, and she was not comfortable. She said, I don't want to go to sleep tonight. She said that to me and I was just like, oh, my oh my good Lord Jesus Christ, what the hell am I going to do to get you out of this situation? We concocted this story to help. Like I'm like, I'm going to pretend like I'm sick and you're looking after me and we're going to get you in a cab and get you out of here. But it was just this horrendous situation of like, this is happening all the time. Yeah. So do you, th- I mean, obviously, and clearly not, I was going to say, you know, since your experience, do you think we are getting, you know, organisations are improving in this area? Um, and obviously I know that there is legislation coming in um, does it need yes, to be legislated? I cried. Of course, I, hands I literally cried when they released the budget back. I was like, mm. oh, my God, thank you. I mean, look, I, I voted Liberal, I voted Labour. Like, I'm really not that political at all. But I was so inspired by at least we're in, a, uh, like in my lifetime that I'm seeing the government actually get behind these initiatives. Yay, because we've been doing this out here without your help for years. Thank you very much. Um I do not believe yet that we are there. I think that there is still a long way to go. We still victim blame. We still victim shame. I can tell you even now I skirt and and part of the, I still hold back because I skirt the, um, the boundaries of what I think is safe even now. You know, I might not necessarily look like it from the outside looking in, but I can tell you right now I'm terrified 
you know, I'm scared still to this day of this person, of not not just this person but the shame of my experience and the shame of that um, time in my life and, and what could I have done to save myself. And there was um, a very, very long period of time where that reconciliation of how could you have let yourself down so much, Sarah, um, and to, to have had to face that and go, actually, I never let you down. I was here the whole time. You, you, we, as a, you know, mind and body and heart and soul, we didn't have a choice. It was not our fault. All of those elements, um, I've been very, very lucky to have had to some, you know, beautiful, universal um roundabout way and getting very very sick you kind of get the opportunity to kind of spend a bit of time with yourself have to face a bit of demons and um, this one really was my biggest biggest one so yeah what about statistics if people aren't aware of the statistics of prevalence of this issue what are what are the statistics well uh if you can believe it one in three women will be sexually harassed at work. Oops, hang on. Did I lose you? No, you're there. Sorry. Apologies. Yes, so one in three women will be sexually harassed at work. Um, 33% of all Australians have actually been sexually harassed at work and particularly um, sexual harassment is what I'm particularly passionate about because I think it's... um. It, it you know it had the most impact on my life mm. um and I think uh I believe that um if you are in a, a minority um so for example if you're an, an indigenous woman or a, uh, from a non-english speaking background uh unfortunately it's one in two so we go we go from uh so if it's it's you and I in a room one of us it's one of us and uh yeah it's our sisters and our mothers and our aunties and our friends that's a shocking statistic isn't it I mean it's um (laughs) it's not just shocking I I it it's now it's still it's still nothing's changed despite everything Mm. we still put Britney on trial we still had a hung jury we Mm. still had had to re-traumatize her and hear her experience and 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 we still don't have enough critical mass of our stories because we're still not brave enough because it's not safe enough for us Mm. to tell them yet I want to believe that it is Mm. but even like I told you earlier i I still don't think it is. Mm. It's um, it's career limiting. I was told by my abuser in a cab that uh, a woman he'd worked with, this is a random conversation, but I was told randomly out of the blue that um, the, uh, the, a woman he had worked with um, ruined her entire career by, you know, holding anybody accountable like there is a, a natural there is a natural fear of women holding men accountable because I think there's a lot of men that need to be held accountable 
So that fear comes from men in positions of power who know they've done the wrong thing. Mm. And so there therefore is this deterrent for us. So until we have critical mass of women in powerful positions, women as trailblazers speaking out, being brave and not um, being held to ridicule by men and women or burnt at the stake for doing that, until it is safe, truly safe, and I think workplaces are a great place to start because you start at work and, and it will reach to the family. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm not specifically um, someone who understands the domestic violence situation, but I know that it's um, – I read a statistic today that um, it, it was horrifying about um, how many women are murdered by family members. And and so given all of that systemic, um, problematic misappropriation of power from men to women, mm-hmm. unless we do something at work and create environments where women um, ultimately do hold men to account and men hold men to account and we just change the narrative a little bit, mm-hmm. um, it is going to continue to be a problem. Yeah, but we have to start somewhere. And absolutely, you know, we've spoken absolutely. many times around the amazing men that there are in the world that are very supportive and are advocates and are, you know in this space and many of the sort of gendered issues that we speak about. Um, if we just sort of reflect on if there is somebody that is having this experience at work. What yes. would you say are the first things that they need to do? And you know, I know, I know you went through many, many hoops, but what you know, if somebody is lost and scared, scared to lose their job, scared of speaking up, what what do they do? Where do they go? Where where are their people? Where are the support networks? How how can we help someone? So first of all, the statistics should tell you that we're here and we are here with open arms. And if you're scared, I'm scared, we're scared together and we will get through it together. So first of all, if you're the girl in the bathroom, you need to say something. And it took me uh, probably about 15 minutes to convince her that even I was safe to talk to. So um, I think women have a responsibility for other women to maybe just be the hand that reaches out to pull them up and or pull them out. And I don't think we have to be superheroes. I don't think it, we have to do very much. But I can give you and share with you the things that I did. So first of all, I quit three times. So I eventually had to leave my job. I don't necessarily think that you that that's the right way to go. But I think that you need to write everything down, write everything down, time and date stamp it. If you can um, create uh, for you your little um, folder of everything Mm. that goes in there, um, at least for that moment in your life, because you can look back at that with clearer eyes, clarity, vision, and um, from a legal perspective, it's very helpful to have all the things you need in one place. Yeah. Um, Did you send yourself emails because they're to absolutely, email absolutely. You can actually um, PDF the emails, so you can save as you can save an email as a PDF, um, and you can uh, 
create yourself a little uh we in vc and investor forums uh, i believe it's called a data room create yourself a data room babe because mm-hmm. that's going to help you later on if you need it if you need mm-hmm. it at worst worst case where perhaps it's not necessarily a legal situation um you have uh, the ability to go and look back and uh genuinely reinforce to yourself that you are the victim and these and you and it is okay right that is it is not about um burning anybody else up the stake it that's not for us to be the judge and jury about right that's what the police and that's what the hr and that's what all these other organizational pathways are for Mm -hmm. so first of all write everything down second of all then if you really are experiencing um if you really are uncomfortable and something has happened or something is happening to you, you need to tell somebody. And I I frankly tell, if you can tell more than one person, it it would be my recommendation. They do not have to work at the same place as you, but you must not do it alone. (laughs) It doesn't help you no matter what, feelings of shame or embarrassment or horror or you don't want to say or you're frightened or tell somebody um if I could have told myself that earlier um I probably would have saved myself a lot of pain a lot of pain and and further trauma Mm -hmm. um I tried to power through and go it alone and it, it cost me dearly and um I don't think that's the right thing to do. Tell somebody, please. Um, it, HR is there and I get that HR, I know, don't, no, I'm sorry if anyone's in HR. <laughs> uh, I love you. Um, but HR, unfortunately, I think um, has a legal obligation to the company as opposed to the people. So um, perhaps finding someone within your organisation that is safe that you feel comfortable with tell them and tell them what's happening and then share with them the dates and times if you can and you feel comfortable show them the evidence get that external validation that what is happening to you and you are feeling this way is not right it will help give you the courage to take the next step and the next step um frankly if you uh need to if you don't get anywhere within your internal organization which should be to then go to hr and hr should then deal with it appropriately but if that doesn't happen you do have pathways so did you want me to share those other just um briefly yeah and if there's any support networks Okay, so yes, uh, there are absolutely other pathways. So there's uh, three things that I would I want to touch on. So first, the first one is uh, the Australian Human Rights Commission does have a pathway you can go down, where you can um, uh, essentially discuss it with them, and they will look at the UN human rights laws um, globally and essentially help you to navigate through a process um, where if you felt your human rights have been abused in any way, bullying is part of that, um, harassment is part of that, but particularly for sexual harassment because we start to get into the realms of uh, legality, um, the Australian Human Rights Commission are, are particularly uh, good at that. Um, 
process and they've just launched uh, through Kate Jenkins the Respect at Work website where there's a hundred resources that you can access and and absolutely think um, from a, a resource perspective had I have known that or had had we have had that <laughs> when those things happened to me it would been great um, but I'm really pleased that it's there and that's there now. Um, the Respect at Work report is also well worth looking at because it will help navigate for you whether or not um, you know, you feel like the you meet the criteria for harassment. And, and that's a lot of things that I didn't know about. I did not realise certain things. I wasn't educated about, you know, different types of assault. You know, I actually just did not have the education to even know. Um, you know, so I questioned a lot more of myself versus the perpetrator. Um, and then finally, uh, go to the police. If you are experiencing severe very bad um, abuse, go to the police. Okay. Thank you for sharing, Sarah. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, look, it's, it's. I can't imagine how difficult it is to, to talk through these things. I think you're incredibly brave. Um, respect at work is, would be, you know, a great place for somebody to start because it's, to get to get informed it's outside of their organization if they are worried about arming themselves with knowledge before they go internally and you know and I think the the um advice you've given around documentation and speaking to somebody so people don't feel that they're alone um is is really really important you know I'm I'm really looking forward to the work that we're going to be doing together. Absolutely. Um, and the community we're going to create. And I can tell you right now, you can easily find me on LinkedIn. Just go and Google Sharky. That's my nickname. I'm Everyone calls me Sharky. And seriously, DM me, find me. I'm in all of these amazing communities like Women in Revenue and, um, you know, we, and they're, they're based out of the States, but all of these beautiful communities that we're going to create together for the, for the local um, market as well and here in APAC um, I think we're years behind the US which is kind of bizarre and I think we have a long way to go to change the culture in Australia because we have such a heavy drinking culture mm-hmm. so you know you and I <laughs> um, through my lived experience and your brains we're going to absolutely um, hopefully give you a safe place but reach out please do not be afraid like at worst, I'm happy to jump on a call and hear your story. And I hope in the future we have a place that's safe enough for you to either anonymously or, you know, and if you know of anywhere that you can go and post anonymously. I know in the US there's a bunch of sites. I've been on there and I've spent a bit of time uh, posting my story. But um, you can, uh, hopefully we'll be able to create a safe place for you, people to share theirs eventually. And I will say, Sarah, to anyone listening that does need support, Sarah, your offer of somebody reaching out is very, very genuine. Absolutely. um, I know you passionately do believe you don't want anyone to go through this alone. And it is an Mm -hmm. absolutely genuine offer. Um, Yes. Thank you. I can give you no legal advice. No, 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 no. no, (laughs) I'm not qualified, but I can absolutely support. Yes, I've got got two shoulders, actually. Yes. Um, yes and that lived experience is you know having you know somebody to believe and to listen um and to share is Sarah you are an absolute angel and thank you so much for being brave in 
talking about this. It's, um... it's uh, incredibly healing for me. So you have no idea how much every little step I take in the direction of um, my truth and what I know to be true and what, and you know, you can't, you can't make up trauma and the effect that it has on your body and your mind and your soul. Like you, it's, it's impossible to replicate that in a fabricated way. So I really do come authentic as I am. And um, I really just appreciate you giving me a platform to, to be that um, in a safe way. So thank you, Rebecca, for creating that for me, because that's rewriting my narrative and the story. And if I can replicate that for others, I'm in it with you, babe. Let's do it. Amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you for sharing your story and your voice. And I'm sure it's going to help people and watch this space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how Trio can support your people, visit trio.com.